1: Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the
1: cannibalism started. What was that? And I'm me like you. Ooh, me likey, the ambrosia salt-flavored slick I get every time I suck the devil's cock in order to succeed. But I gotta tell ya,
3: (laughs) line my pockets with gold. Uh, Are we good to go, Marcus? We are. Alright, welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. I'm staring at the beautiful Marcus Parks. And to my left, there's a fella. Who is he today? Oh, God, I... You know... (laughs) Just just be yourself today. I'm me. Yeah, (laughs) great. You know what's sad is that every time I'm somebody else... I'm still just me. That's nice. Well, today we're going to be talking about somebody who also sort of played a character. He was two people, and one of the people built a murder hotel. Uh, we'll be discussing H.H. H. Holmes. Yes. Well, today
1: is the 200th episode yeah. of Last Bought of Guess on the Left, which is uh, a testimony to what laziness can uh, create, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the fact that we just kept going.
3: God, we just kept going. 200 weeks. Marcus, how has your brain changed in oh. these 200 weeks?
1: <laughs> we both we've all been through several girlfriends. Mm. We have um we I all think got I've been through 5. Damn. Oh my god. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, I know I whew, god, i was thinking about that. <laughs> Um, and then um, we all got many new different types of McCall t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a look at it. has got a new one right now. He's wearing a t-shirt that's it's got the Zodiac Killer on it, but in the fashion of the tarot card, the magician.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Henry is wearing a t-shirt 200 uh, weeks ago. Never even existed. The band didn't exist. He's wearing a, the Cowman t-shirt. And uh, you're wearing a Putin Wearing a horse t-shirt. Nope. <laughs> Vladimir Putin shirtless riding a horse. Maybe um, a
1: bear, actually. So we decided, like, you know, we had visited A.J. Holmes a little while right. ago. Like, very th- actually towards the beginning, um, 200 weeks ago, which oh. is years ago at this point. And now we're starting to come back to A.J. Holmes. And I got to say, when you really start reading and, and researching A.J. Holmes, it's like you kind of forget. It's because he's so old-timey. Mm-hmm. It's like when you actually start researching Jack the Ripper, who was happening at the same time. This guy was a fucking for real monster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A very dangerous man. He
3: looks like um, if Beef Jerky wore a top hat. You know? <laughs> well, he, he looks, looks like- so old timey and like Western Trail and just like, well, I'll just pull my pants up and I go and milk cows. He's
1: the evil walrus.
3: <laughs> right. He is. <laughs> He, he does
1: have that mustache, and he's got kind of like a cross-eyed stare. There's only one picture of him. Well, there's yeah. two. There's one from when he there's went to medical school. There's a few pictures school. of him. And when you look at his face, because again, what I love about the 1890s is how, whenever they describe as someone as handsome, is mm-hmm. that they mean they did not take a soft bullet to the face during the Civil War. Right.
3: <laughs> now you know he's polio-free, so you go
1: marry that man. What I like about him is that his knees aren't cracked and his back isn't bent. <laughs> he's handsome. He's, he's handsome. handsome. He's charming. Ooh. And again, charming. I think we did it the last time Charming just means Again in 1890s Did you just yell a lot You're like <laughs>
3: Yeah yes yes yes
1: Come with me Yes made him. Ah quite a box lady I see <laughs> How about my knee How many pairs of goddamn underpants Do you have on Ooh <laughs> He
3: is a charmer
4: So <laughs> reach first, Research for this episode Comes primarily From two sources The Devil in the White City By Eric Larson Which is required reading Not only for those Interested in serial killers But also history in general It is a Fantastic book For a lot of Mm -hmm. people It's one of the only True crime books They've ever read Uh, But it's about H.H. Holmes And also simultaneously About the World's Fair uh, In 1893 In Chicago Which sounds boring But it's actually Fascinating, and the other book is *Depraved* by Harold Schechter, who is one of the greatest true crime writers that we have. He also wrote uh, der- *He also wrote Deranged* about Albert Fish. Uh, he uh, wrote *Deviant* mm. about uh, Ed, Ed Gein. Gein. Uh, he's got a thing for the D's. I'm not. Yeah.
1: I just, he's just so wants you to know that AJ Holmes is, um, is really just a symbol of his time, and you wouldn't believe he made fake mineral water. It's just nefarious. <laughs> That's how he sounds. This <laughs> is exactly how this is
4: how he sounds. But I, he is a bit of a hero of mine. So please, I have no one.
3: <laughs> all alone and sad. We we'll, we will be starting the last podcast on the left uh, book club series, and like they used to tre- uh, do in seventh grade with the Pizza Hut uh, situation. If you read a book, you got a free personal pan pizza. If you read these books, Marcus, maybe you send him a bone. <laughs> yeah. What's the
1: problem is that? Do you feel that that? What was that program again?
3: That was the, the um, Pizza Hut. Uh, read it. Yeah, read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: that made us all really fucking fat. <laughs> yeah,
3: it definitely made me like uh, treat uh, food as a reward system. Yes, it really yeah. like, wasn't like, good.
1: Like we were rats in a yeah. lab. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so let's get into the world of Mr. Henry Hanky Holmes. Well, uh,
4: Henry Henry Hanky Holmes, Henry Howard Holmes,
1: original name Herman Webster Mudget give it a redo mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm really surprised he didn't go as like my name is Randall's sexy chase
4: <laughs> he eventually sexy. became better known as HH Holmes he was America's first urban serial killer we talked about frontier serial killers a while back but this was he was the first guy at least that we know of that operated within
1: the American urban centers. and this is back in the day when cities were so new that urban did not just mean like a racist Like, you know, like how to describe a type of pant or a type of
3: hat. Right, right, right.
4: <laughs> so, operating primarily out of Chicago in the late 1800s, Holmes had a confirmed body count of nine. He confessed to 27 and is estimated to have as many as 200 victims, although mm. that is very much the ceiling. Well, that's like that says Henry Lee Lucas number. Yeah, mm. that's yeah, exactly. Uh, Holmes is most famous for his creation of what came to be known simply as the Murder Castle, which is
1: a great nickname for your house to have especially if you're using it to murder people yeah (laughs) or a great name
3: for a burger restaurant the murder castle come on down but
1: i feel like murder yeah murder castle but again it's it's like the heart attack cafe right right. you gotta
3: you gotta lean on how
1: bad the food is right
4: Yep. he uh, The Murder Castle was a three-story block-long building that uh, Henry Howard constructed solely for the
1: purpose of attracting, trapping, and killing young women. Don't forget drifters. <laughs> he did get some drifters. And most of this information we know about H.H. H. Holmes because he was a... Um, Complete pathological liar. Nothing he said was nothing he said was real. Everything was a con. Mm. This guy was an incredible villain. Ugh. Like you'd literally call him a villain. Like yeah. he's a, he's bigger than he's bigger than a Dahmer. Mm. Uh, I was yelling, I was ranting about this in my apartment last night. My girlfriend, she's looking at me like I was a crazy person as I was yelling again about how he is. Uh, he's the Joker. Yeah, uh, that's my view. But we'll get. Marcus has his own. He's the Joker. View. If
3: the Joker got into real
1: estate, yes, <laughs> right. yes.
3: I would love to hear the Yelp reviews, by the way, if this uh, hotel existed today, you know.
1: So much for for being called the murder castle, I arrived home completely safe, two stars.
4: (laughs) So little is known about the childhood of Herman Webster Mudgett We know that he was the youngest of three, the son of a farmer named Levi and a housewife a housewife named Theodate.
1: Mm-hmm. Or is it Theodate? Who gives a shit? It's the worst name for a woman I've ever heard. Yeah.
3: Theodate. Yeah,
1: her name might have been like Gaper. <laughs>
3: Gaper isn't so bad. I don't think so. I think Gaper. Name's Gaper Sundry. Well, I will say I'm going on one date at least.
2: Yeah. Oh, man, where's my stool? Oh, there it is. It's up
4: inside me. Interesting. Gaper Sundry or Theodate mudget? (laughs) Which one are you going with? Either way... They could sit on a bowling ball and be like, where's my bowling ball? <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you can... Well, they were, they were good people,
1: Henry. They were devout Methodists. Uh, you know devout religious people are the best people that have ever been. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Because, they, uh, yeah, yeah, like Osama bin Laden. Right, yeah, no, religion doesn't
3: <laughs> ruin everything, no.
4: <laughs> well, Holmes was beat regularly as a punishment and was often locked in the attic, but even though he described himself as a, quote, mother's boy I'm a
2: mother's boy
4: <laughs> self self described mother's boy Self-described mother's boy, yes. <laughs> uh, he also would fantasize about his parents' death, particularly when he heard about the Great Chicago Fire. He said that he would sit there and imagine them burning alive mm-hmm. until their bones were nothing but ash.
3: But don't get me wrong, I love them. Right, <laughs> and I do want to say, uh, there was that great G- Green Day song off the Kerplunk album, I believe, where all they did was discuss killing their mothers and their father. If you do want to kill your parents, uh, you know, it's it's sort of a normal fantasy to have because technically they are keeping you well, in prison in a situation you don't want to be in.
1: Uh, yes, you are You are a little slave. You are an owned person when you are a child, but right. when it comes down to it, um, they, could, they took you into this world, they could take you out. Right. And that's a Bill Cosby thing, and he was a rapist. <laughs> oh, <do> you- <laughs> the story that H.H. relayed most
4: about his childhood uh, was of a day in which some older neighborhood boys, knowing Holmes was terrified, or Holmes said of the local doctor's office, they forced him inside. Now, doctor's offices, this is important to remember, they, at this time
1: period, were particularly horrifying places. Well, all, mm. d- all science was horrifying at yeah. the time. This is like this is the time where it's like, I could put on a coat and be like, I could be a doctor, and they'd walk in the thing. <laughs> well, he's got small enough hands to reach inside right. a woman's
3: cavity. No, mm. oh, he's definitely a doctor. You and, could tell. Yeah, you would just like walk in and be like, I think I have a bit of a cough, and then the doctor would be like, bring in the leeches, <laughs> and then the whole thing would just turn into you.
1: That's like an old school. Then that the, another doctor would be like leeches. That is a, that is a, a wave of the past. Let us use the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> the snakes are much larger,
3: and they get they get their mouths more around the buttock. Mm-hmm. And then somebody's like, well, let's replace his blood with mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> See if that works.
1: Ah, yes, I my, my sandwiches taste delicious with mayonnaise. I imagine they could only make the soul more lubricated.
4: <laughs> well. You're really not that far off. And modern medical science was just beginning. They were starting to get out of you know the belief in humors uh, and uh, phrenology was still kind of a thing at the time. But they were we were starting to transition into uh, modern medical science. And that's another thing that's important to remember about this time is that this was a time of transition. In America And it was a rough
1: transition mm. It was a very rough Be- transition Because yes. the idea is It was going from like Frontier America mm-hmm. To America we know now It's literally that big of a jump It's like fu- Like a fucking uh, Going from uh, The The, well, the free first internet cable- Post internet yeah. yeah It's a yeah. big su- It's a big switch Yeah And it it was a hard one switch, and a lot of people died of the flu in a, in a bad way, in a way that they were like, we could cut off his feet, and we'll scare the flu out of the top of his head, thinking that we're going to come after the head next. You know what I mean? Like, no, like, no, 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 no. And then people started getting
4: better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and it was also post-Civil War. Uh, it, there was a lot of stuff going on in America at the time, so it's that's important to remember during all of this shit. Uh, but what... Signed or what doctors would have in their offices at this time is they would have fresh corpses In the back That they would use For dissection Because they were Really starting to figure out That if you wanted To cure the human body It was a good idea To know what the human body Actually did And how it was put together
1: Also it's fun to to Hide the skeleton In your wife's bed And be like (laughs) I'm in here darling Come see I've just been done Brushing my mustache And she comes in
2: Oh how'd You got me again
1: (laughs) And then you rape her Because again It's the 1890s And sex was
3: very Misunderstood interesting mm-hmm. yeah but uh, of course this was very it was pretty controversial to work on bodies before this right it was controversial during this time as well yeah. of
4: course there were some medical schools that would actually hire local hooligans to to raid the local Graveyards, mm. dig up corpses And bring them back. We're
1: also going to learn More when he goes to medical school It's it's true, it's it, it, They were they thought it was to desecrate a corpse to do an Autopsy, yeah. mm-hmm. but then they decided The best way for science to move forward Is to playfully hack at corpses And see what their <laughs> guts look like right. And that's like what they did, I mean technically it's science Because yeah. they need to know what the guts look like, but every Once in a while, you got a guy who gets to The middle school who really wanted to see what the Guts look like. A little bit too much, yeah, yeah. too
4: much yeah so this uh, these doctor's offices they also had a lot of them had these actual beautiful skeletons hanging in their offices like they were only ba- you would call no they
2: are beautiful
1: no skeleton
3: i don't know yeah i can't tell one skeleton uh, apart from another skeleton Do you know
1: is that how-, how you flirted with carly when you first met her <laughs> i can tell you have a
4: beautiful skeleton i am yeah I am. The, it's mostly how a skeleton looks after it's outside of the body and how well it's put together. Just describe your perfect skeleton. I have to know now.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite kind of skeleton? It's not
4: that it, the favorite. The best kind of skeleton is the one that looks exactly like it would look if it was still covered in muscle and cartilage and blood. You're just talking about a skeleton. I'm talking about a skeleton, but once you remove all of the muscle and the blood. You're just talking and about a regular the, skeleton. Like, yeah, You're but outside skeleton, of
3: a body. your are skeleton, shape. <laughs> you know And I can't wait Again I think we've talked about this before I'm gonna be a terrifying skeleton And I hope I, I hope I'm in a middle school No it would be so good You with your arms outstretched and Like a pirate hat On top yeah. of you Yeah <laughs>
4: It'll be big. <laughs> so what these kids did to uh, little H.H. Holmes is oh. that, of course, he was—he said that he was very terrified of the skeleton
1: inside. He said that it, he found the pharmacy that they went to to be the most abhorrent place he's ever seen. Yes. Which I also, again, think is the sound of a boner rising. <laughs> like, truly, I feel like that was the thing. He was more, like, morbidly fascinated with the pharmacy and never wanted to. He knew yeah. something terrible was going to happen so as if he ever, like, really got close to that
3: skeleton. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he just did what Dell Close, the founder of Improv, told us all to do: follow the fear. Yes, he did.
4: And so they dragged him. Yeah. Right. They they, they, dragged him inside, and they fa- they dragged him inside, kicking and screaming, and they put him right in front of the skeleton. Look at it. Look at it. And he opened his eyes, and he said that suddenly all of his fear fell away, and that is when he first gained the curiosity of the human body, and that was what first spurred him mm. to medical school.
1: So most of what we know about, yeah. So most of what we know about HH- Holmes, came from his writing. As far and stuff, as right? his
3: childhood goes, yes, and
1: his confessions and yeah. stuff like that. Now, so how
3: much can we take s- literally? How how true is it?
1: Do you mm-hmm. think? Well, I think there's a lot of it that's true, and I but I, but I think with stuff like this is it when, when we talk about because we talk about Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Jeffrey Dahmer began to realize he was having fantasies about men. Being asleep Right <laughs> And that But that turned into When he would Visualize the jogger That he would watch Every day He ran past his house You would imagine him Lying down in bed Completely asleep mm-hmm. I think H.H. H. Holmes In a, a little bit Was so fascinated Probably had seen That skeleton Walking on the street Several times He was also Known as uh, He was like The smartest kid in class Y'all That always. was the thing Is that he was This very 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 Like bright bright kid Very ambitious And he, everyone was Very jealous of him mm-hmm. I think there was A part of That's what he said They said they were Jealous of him which is why they, they, they did this prank to him in the pharmacy. But I think you can see the inkling of he knew that once that he liked it. Mm. I think he knew that he liked it. Yeah. I think yeah. that, that he was afraid to say what it was because everyone else found skeletons to be incredibly creepy, but he kept being like, but I want to dance with it in the moonlight. <laughs> you know. And they're like, that's a weird reaction. It's like, I hate that you was just like, we asked, what's five plus three?
3: Uh, fucking Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> I want to dance with the skeletons. Hopefully they come to life. And so, yeah, so the practical joke totally backfired and it turned out uh, that he loved the skeletons. very similar to when parents want to not have their children and smoke cigarettes and they have him smoke a pack of cigarettes and then the next day the guy just the kid becomes a truck driver and can't get enough of Pall Mall's
4: (laughs) (laughs) so by 11 of course this is when a a switch just turned by 11 he's dissecting live animals Uh, he's keeping them alive for as long as he can during the experiments he has a little Mm. tiny treasure box that he kept in his family cellar it's filled with keepsakes of his killings. You have various skulls. You have cat's paws. But he said he
1: also had in there uh, a picture of his 12-year-old sweetheart. Interesting. Hmm. And it's all, again, very similar to Dahmer in this respect. And also, a, this was viewed as a healthy interest in science mm-hmm. at the time. Now we know is one of the top three signs that your child is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Right
4: so uh he did briefly have one friend growing up a little boy named tom unfortunately tom died tragically in a fall while the boys were playing together in an abandoned house hmm. and whether holmes had a hand in his death or not we'll never know
1: but there were suspicions but he definitely did say uh he said that he uh, when tom died they asked him if he was sad because he knew it was his only friend he was like i'd rather be alone yeah. So Jesus. maybe he made himself alone. You know, and that's a really great way to if you're if you're feeling single and you want to love being single, make yourself be alone. Love it. Yeah. Just embrace it.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. He's um. He must have been a scary, intense little boy.
4: Yes. A terrifying. Little
1: because boy. he had the view. Because you could see probably the reflections in his eyes of the three-story fucking Liberanthian murder hotel <laughs> right. he was already thinking about. And this is what they said that these fantasies about killing people in a mass way in a tra- like started as a child. Really? Yes. He had been, the murder castle, the castle, it started as just the castle, mm. was a, a seed planted very, very early because of the ra- the writings of Andrew Carnegie and he would read all of these things about like succeeding in modern America. Mm. And he was yeah. like, I'm going to be a titan of realist." state and then meanwhile he's just like and then i could make a skeleton farm just for old herbert
3: when <laughs> hmm. we should i'm sure like after he said that they're like yeah absolutely you should do it and then he then he continued talking they're like oh oh we've just encouraged a serial killer <laughs> okay <laughs> great
4: And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at
2: TexasPete.com.
1: The only acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast? Your dog. That was your dog saying thank you for BarkBox. You can take a minute now. You pet your dog, but you're gonna learn about Bark. It's the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Yay! Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. <laughs> No, Wendy, I can't get you a whip. You're too cute for weapons. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Mmm, tubers. My dogs love their toys selectively. But BarkBox sends good little ones for the little tiny mouths. They have little mouths, but strong, big spirits. So they fight over the little toys. I imagine they think that they are hunting and going after little bugs and rats, and oh, they love their life, and they love the—they love what BarkBox brings, because BarkBox brings the bark and puts it in a box. Yep. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated
4: So Holmes graduated high school at 16, became a teacher, and at the age of 18 met and married his first wife, Clara Lovering wouldn't stick mm. around for long,
1: mm. soon left Clara for medical school, and she would be largely forgotten. She should thank her goddamn lucky star she was largely forgotten, or she would end ended up in a goddamn college as a teaching tool. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so he was drawn first to the U- University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, which was known at the time as the leading medical school in the art of the dissection of human corpses. And this, according to Holmes, was where his career as a tr- criminal Truly began. Now, an important thing to remember about Holmes was the diversity of his crimes. Like, while a lot of serial killers, they like to commit a lot of their non murderous crimes, such as arson, theft, breaking and entering, etc., in their youth, Holmes was a career criminal. Well, he was highly
1: ambitious. Yes. And uh, Mm -hmm. there was uh, one of the uh, psychic, one of the uh, killer profilers on um, the Netflix documentary, H.H. Holmes, is very, very good. Um, He was basically describing what made Makes A.J. Holmes incredibly unique in the area of any serial killers that he graduated college, mm-hmm. that he had ambitions, like he had this sort of like, like a go get him. He wanted to be a millionaire. He wanted to be one of these like self-made American success stories, and technically he was in terms of notoriety, but he. If, if he, had some that had come along and saved him, he could have, like, I, I don't know,
3: I, maybe he was but never going to be saved. Isn't that a situation where yes, he did graduate college, but this is the closest thing to the major that he would want to choose? Yes, I mean, he this majored
1: just... in being and hacking up bodies.
3: Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer was like, um, University of Michigan, do you guys have a Thai boy fuck class? <laughs> um, oh, you do not. You do not have a okay. How about no, if, no, no, uh, no, making a human we, zombies course?
1: Uh, you I have to tell you, young Jeff, what we do have is the cafeteria open late, and I got to tell you what they're serving spring rolls until 5 o'clock in the morning if you get me. Wink, 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 wink. I mean, that's where you could fuck a boy. I think I'm gonna go see if the chocolate factory's hiring. (laughs) (laughs) Too creepy for you? Well... (laughs) I guess that's what happened Did you come to old Serial Killer University. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so while Holmes was, as we'll see later, an accomplished bigamist, his favorite crime was fraud, which he was able to easily accomplish through a combination of a charming demeanor and dashing good looks. Well, they ju- again, yeah.
1: he just wasn't heinously ugly. <laughs> <laughs> he was 5'8",
4: 155.
1: Dark hair, blue eyes, a little bit shorter than me. Actually, Henry, around your size. Yeah, I'm H. I'm Holmes size. Yeah. I'm Tom Cruise size. Yeah. it's it, a movie star size. Yeah, exactly. Like me, a movie star. <laughs> <laughs> well, TV star. Yes. Well, TV <laughs> supporting, supporting character. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: physician John L. Capen said about his eyes, They are blue. Great murderers like great men in other walks of activity. Have blue eyes, and he remarked on Holmes' ears. He had it, Biden ears. He had pointy ears, and this makes okay. I see. He had ears that indicated devilry and vice. Mm. Yeah, Dick Cheney had to have his clipped. Oh, like <laughs> in order a pit to for
1: vice president.
4: <laughs> see, Holmes was also a fan. Fantastic ladies man he was somehow able to find this middle ground between proper and scandalous behavior he'd stare too long touch a little bit too much stand a little bit too close had he not been an attractive man he would have been seen as just a
1: complete and total creep mm. he literally would just run his hands up and down women's arms and stuff like that but they were yeah. so sort of taken aback because number one mm. when you'll see later on is that when this dashing man from out of town shows up and he looks and dresses like he dresses like he's a millionaire and acts like he's a millionaire and it's it's just nothing but farmer's daughters who are ready mm-hmm. to be taken away you know yeah. when, like the, the, they would just meet all these this is at a time when women meant nothing unless they were married so they would kind of walk around and when you have a guy in a fancy bowler hat come mm-hmm. and touch your arm even though like he's a little grabby like and he but he's willing to be your husband and maybe take care of you you just jump right on the opportunity
3: and you never know maybe he's vice president joe biden you know, you never, know. Joe no. Biden just, had this. same. Just giving you the rub
1: <laughs> when he was like doing that weird, like mouth whisper into that little girl's ear. Oh
3: yeah, he is very uncomfortable. A lot of sociopaths don't understand human touch and what makes people uh, what's what's uh, appropriate and I'll, what's not.
1: I'll put it this way out there, guys. If you want to flirt with a woman, and you think I mean a lot of what you want to do is like in a bar, right? It's like you want to do the thing where you lean in close and you like talk in her ear because it's it's light out there and you can you can get close to her. If your teeth touch her earlobe, (laughs) you're not doing good. No, 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 no,
4: no. (laughs) She's not going to love it. Well, speaking of Joe Biden and politicians, I think that H.H. Holmes had all the hallmarks of a successful politician. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the way people described H.H. Holmes and his demeanor is eerily similar to how people
1: describe Bill Clinton. Because they said Bill Mm -hmm. Clinton had what what they called a cone of attention that he can Mm -hmm. do this thing where he makes you feel like you're the only person Mm in the room, which is what all politicians are. They're all pedophiles and murderers. Anybody who wants to be president has watched a boy suck off another senator and he was just like, Well, you'll get your pipeline. Like he'll say, and he'll sign a contract like while it's happening. Not even thinking about the boy sucking yeah, off. That's why Senate. Keystone failed, Ben, because
3: oh, Barack
4: Obama refused w- to see a little boy
1: get sucked
3: off by an old man. He makes all the sense in the world. And You're if that's blaming the
4: EPA if, if
3: that's the case, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Keep it keeping it out. No Keystone pipeline if it requires a child <laughs> to <laughs> Suck off an adult in front of the sitting president of the United States of America. And I think that's generous, Ben. <laughs> no problem. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm happy
1: that you released that to I'm, us. I'm rational. <laughs> you know, I will I will change. But I don't think he smelled like Clinton. But I would also say... What okay. do you mean you don't think he smelled... Who did? What did Clinton smell like? Probably smelled like sweet perfumes and mm-hmm. the light waft of yeah, McDonald's fries. Not <laughs> motor oil
3: and sardines. Yeah, Everyone yeah. just smelled like grease and things like Whoa, that. That's
1: all I could think about when I was looking at all the pictures of H.H. H. Holmes like like the class he graduated with medical school and I just imagine like crotch smell.
3: Oh yeah. You <laughs> know ha- just
1: like them washing themselves with powders and like and then every once in a while going to a stream and slapping some water in
3: their pits. Right. Doing the old Irish shower which is when you just dump a bunch of whiskey on your head. Just
1: covered in <laughs> juices from hacked up corpses
3: all day. And that's
1: how you knew yeah. a scientist would, like, was because he reeked of death.
3: Oh th- yeah. Butchers have such an odor to them when they come home. Imagine what this must smell like
1: oh, oh, oh. Ugh. Just, Ugh. well speaking
4: of medical school back to H.H. H. Holmes' time there with so many corpses at hand Holmes was struck with the idea of the scam that would eventually cause his whole life to unravel years later mm. the plan that he hatched for a fellow student who was
1: Canadian it's fucking all, that means he's a liar and a thief <laughs> Corpse fucker.
4: It's very possible. (laughs) The plan was to take out life insurance policies on each other, steal a cadaver from the school, and then fake the death of the other one, then collect the
1: money and split it. Oh, God. You know, it's just a weird plan to describe to somebody to yeah. come up and be like, I've got a great idea. <laughs> and he's just like, so we've got to handle the corpses there? That's what you're saying? we got to <laughs> literally go and get the corpses from the basement, eh, and we got to take them out and, and bring them to the mail and burn them!
3: <laughs> yeah. It's a great plan, though. Very With few our- people have that much access to corpses, so I guess they just utilize the uh, the um, goods around Can them. Can
1: you imagine fucking, like, why? watching Jeffrey Dahmer run around those corpse rooms just oh, going me like God. today is the day I smile today is the day I
2: dance I just going around playing just sucking off corpses left <laughs> and right and like and I'll see you tomorrow Jimmy yeah.
3: and I'll see you tomorrow Tommy you wonder if you know Dahmer would have never built a uh, house of horrors I don't think he had the mental capabilities we, he, he did might.
1: build a house of horrors it was an apartment in it, the middle it was of- a condo of horrors <laughs> but he did
3: but but think about it. I mean, he would have been a doctor. I think the Dahmer would have just been happy with the job. Yeah. He would have been a doctor. I mean, he would have been. A, yeah. he would have been a a, he a would bad doctor. Doctor
1: Huxtable. Right. is
3: what he would have been. Slightly worse than the doctor who wants to replace blood with mayonnaise. He'd be like, "We drilled the hole. We drilled the hole in your head. This well, will th- totally well, get rid think of think your." About,
4: okay, think about it this way: like H. H. Holmes is more of a Bob Dylan, while Jeffrey Dahmer is more of a Daniel Johnston. Hmm. Accomplished versus uh, a, a a trained accomplished artist versus more of an outsider artist. Well, person- you on know, Jeffrey Dahmer's alter, very ramshackle, very haphazard.
1: Mm. But H.H. H. Holmes, a beautifully constructed, uh, well-oiled machine. But right. it also quickly fell to decay because he was not, what we're going to learn is that he strung that whole ho- hotel together by bad uh, loans and b- basically getting money from creditors and not paying them back, yeah. which is what I did to become an actor. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but I would also equate H.H. H. Holmes to Charles Manson just in terms of being like he is the dark image of his time. Yeah, mm. because
4: America at this time was a very transient country. So the idea of stealing a corpse, taking out a life insurance policy on one of your friends and then saying, hey, my friend died, and then collecting the insurance money on it, it's not the worst idea in the world because... You can just change
1: your name right at any time, and also what's very interesting with that is that it, I think there's also a trust in America that was happening at the time. This is what they were talking about. It was like when when he was doing his the the hotel killings, uh, Jack the Ripper was also happening at the same time, and America the attitude was was like, well, at least we'll never have a Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. They never assumed that someone would use corpses to scam somebody right. because it was this thing that people were really superstitious about about like d- 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 doing anything bad to the dead and so he
3: using corpses as a scam was just like again Dylan going electric and, and to your point <laughs> about Manson as well Manson was a mirror of the counterculture and so he was able to fly under the radar a little bit no one could even believe that hippies could do such horrific things this was the time of the industrial boom you know McKinley was about to be elected by the Rockefellers and all that mm-hmm. he was so being an was... evil
1: square he was kind of being like Ted Bundy too where he was mm-hmm. like an evil he was an evil like right. college Republican people
3: would never believe a guy with a top hat would do anything wrong though yeah he's... He's a businessman. He's got to be good.
4: H.H. Holmes was the man that every other man in America aspired to be. Right. The the can-do attitude. The bootstrap attitude. uh, That I'm going to be, my place is at the top is what he used to always believe, because he was, of course, as Henderson, a big Andrew Carnegie fan. But what Holmes, as far as the the insurance fraud, he looked at the mistakes of the ones uh, who got caught. Uh, He knew from being in medical school that if a body was badly burned or uh, decomposed, there was no real identifying the corpse. You just had to sort of take whoever found the body at their words that like, yes, this is Herman Webster Mudgett mm. uh, because the names could be changed overnight. Right. Herman Webster Mudgett could become H.H. H. Holmes and any new person that came up that met you, they had to take on faith that you were who you said you were. Mm-hmm. Unless there was someone chasing you or unless there was someone else there who was like, no, his name is not Herman
1: Webster. His name is Henry Howard. And my my name t- is Martin Von Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was bitten by a r- respectfully medicated spider. Now I can climb walls and I am married <laughs> to the great redhead Mary Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a her.
2: I'm from Queens,
3: New York. <laughs> And again, there was like very little photographs of anybody at this time. No, you couldn't just be like, "Well, you don't look anything like your Facebook profile." I don't think so.
4: Yeah, exactly. And there was a, there was no like cross referencing was unheard of unless you were a part of, say, like the Pinkerton Detective Agency. Yeah, and Tinder was
1: just grabbing a woman out of a carriage. <laughs> is <Isn't> that
3: something? <laughs> hmm. Just Swipe screaming.
1: Right. hey!
3: Him! Well, he is a charmer, though. I'm just going to go with him. <laughs> yes, that's uh,
4: the people they call it the the Gilded Age, the Age of Excess, or the Age. The age of screaming. The age of screaming
1: to, to make your point.
2: <laughs> yes! You are my wife now! <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. he come. Oh, look, he only barely smells of fish. <laughs>
4: Now, one could argue that H.H. H. Holmes was among the most well-rounded psychopaths of modern history. He had all the charm of the best politicians democracy had to offer. He had the cunning and shrewdness of the most successful businessmen and the complete indifference to human life of the 20th century's
1: greatest dictators. He was kind of like the Patrick Ewing of serial killers, <laughs> right? What are you saying? Well, I would-
3: H. H. Holmes is a winner. Uh, Don't even get me started on the Knicks, please. We can't talk about that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and, and I would say he's more of a Michael Jordan because although he was wonderful at basketball, Not that great at baseball, but still good enough to play in the major leagues.
3: And Mm. a sociopath.
4: And a complete and total sociopath. No, he was
1: a winner. That's (laughs) different.
3: Go watch the Michael Jordan Hall of Fame speech. I actually find it to be very inspirational. Some people don't like it. I
1: love it. I love exactly what he is a fucking... Yes, he was a jerk-off, but guess what? You don't become number one without leaving some... Footprints on the heads of those below you. That's
4: Mike, correct. Michael Jordan is a textbook psychopath.
3: Right. Yes. G- good yeah. guy. Good <laughs> basketball player. Good basketball good, player. Yeah. Great basketball player.
1: Non crumple shirts.
3: Oh, great. They, shirts. they don't make
1: it. The shirts on bacon huh <laughs> isn't that great <laughs> so
4: this as I said the age of excess Mark Twain put it the gilded age HH Holmes was what all men aspired to you could compare the type of men the type of man that people wanted to be at this time to the type of men that people wanted to be in the '80s the Gordon geckos mm. greed is good like being a psychopath being a sociopath at that Point in time was seen as something that you should aspire to like damn these, yeah. yeah damn the torpedoes full speed ahead doesn't matter what we leave in our wake doesn't matter the destruction we leave
3: behind us all that matters is that i get mine capitalism was the perfect political ideology at this point but
1: yes. the idea was it was it was uh, the ideal man it was yeah. the idea it was the american hope that you could go from being a, a fishmonger in the streets of boston to being like fucking andrew carnegie totally and that's the kind of attitude you needed
4: yeah, because this is also the time when you know, American dynasties were first really starting to be formed. Like, when you're Carnegie's, you're Rockefeller's, like, the the celebrity... Like, the first celebrities of America, uh, a lot of them were businessmen. Mm-hmm. Like, this is when, like, the culture of celebrity kind of began in America. Yeah, and they weren't like the Kardashians where they kept their
1: ass-sex stuff privately in their
3: <laughs> basements with their <laughs> slaves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is where the oligarchy begins. Yeah.
4: And so, But H.H. H. Holmes... You know, of course, when he heard Andrew Carnegie say, my place is at the top, he
1: thought, my place is at the top of murder, mayhem, destruction. Or he, well, I think a part of it is that I think he genuinely thought that he was going to become a millionaire. I think that he was going to become a millionaire by doing everything that he was doing. I think a lot of his stuff was money money based because he was taught that it was a social thing it was like it showed that you were in charge of the room if you were the richest man in the room but i think he just re- he just kept killing people yeah. Mm. yeah yeah he just kept killing people like, and and
4: when there was somebody in his way uh he
1: killed them essentially but then he would like they double right. kill him he would do him real fast so he would yeah. just like but then I think uh, the murder hotel just became too much for him.
3: It was a real money pit. If you've ever seen that great Tom <laughs> Hanks movie, it's very similar. It's like the movie Money Pit. Yeah. yeah.
1: You remember when the, when the fountain the little boy pees on him when he wakes him up? Yeah, and then they lock him in the room and turn on the gas? That's where it changes into H.H. H. Holmes' house. Oh, I see.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so he H.H. Gra- H. Holmes, he graduates medical school. He gets a job in Philadelphia at a pharmacy and maybe accidentally poisoned a woman with one of his concoctions.
3: Can we say it was on purpose?
4: We can say it was quote-unquote accidental. We can definitely about that? say
1: he was faking being a pharmacist. <laughs> and that is the, That's the truth, is he doesn't know how to make fucking medicines. Right. Yeah, he was
4: faking that, definitely. But he faked it good enough. Uh, after he left Philadelphia, he arrived in Chicago that he had gone to Years earlier Like he had traveled to Chicago uh, While he was in medical school Because he said his first criminal enterprise Was selling books door to door Like he would tell them He would give them a copy Like he would show them a copy of the book And say like yes if you give me this copy If you give me money When I get back to Michigan I will send you through the Pony Express Your very own copy of this book That is the Nigerian <laughs>
1: Prince scam <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah Yeah that's so true And
4: then he just kept all the money yeah and of course, all these people are idiots because well, they but I, they also trusted him that this because he was just so like
1: so it was tr- it was amazing how much he could get people he to was, instantly trust him. He yeah. was guileless. Yeah. That was the idea, is that he had no, uh, his confidence. And when he said, you just trusted him because he was just saying these things. And he was also, like they also say he's real fast, real brusque. Mm-hmm. He would come and be like, I don't really, I'll give you, uh, thank you for the money, and I will definitely, I'll post with, I will be sending it, oh, uh, you'll see, not, not two nightshades from now, all right, yeah. mm-hmm. goodbye, and then it's like out the door. Yeah, he's, and then
4: you'd leave thinking that he was your best friend in the world. Right. Like or- you'd come in pissed off and you'd leave him slapping you on the back, telling you a joke. Like, boy, that
1: Henry Howard, do I love him? Right. Yeah. So I the- will say that shit ended for him though. Yeah,
4: that's and we'll sh- get to that. Yeah, yeah, that shit did end. That only charm only takes you so far. So he leaves Philadelphia, Herman Webster Mudget, and he arrives in Chicago in 1886 as H.H. Holmes. Now, this description of Chicago that I'm about to give, this is all from, you know, Eric Larson's description in Devil in the White City, which really I cannot recommend enough. So, at the end of the 19th century, Chicago completely, it was a boom town. Uh, the, the city had bounced back completely from the Great Fire of 1871. Because in 1871, the reason why Chicago went up so fast is because it was just all wooden buildings. And
1: they just slapped fake stone exteriors on all of them. And yeah. so as soon as the fire happened, which they believe was started by a cow, but they actually probably was started by a bunch of kids who were... Starting fires Yeah it was probably uh, Yeah a bunch of t- Teenage psychopaths Yeah and it was A tinderbox They could describe the Chicago as a tinderbox And just burst into flames I had no idea How big that disaster was Yeah Until I read Depraved And it was like The, the idea It's like it just the, the One fire And it just went like, And like The whole city went up
3: yeah. It was the best thing that ever happened to Chicago, though, right? It actually was. Yeah, because- besides the deep dish. Oh, <laughs> don't even get me started. Mm. Yes.
4: Because with all of this other land out of the way, uh, with all these old buildings out of the way, Chicago could kind of start from scratch, In Chicago... Became the birthplace of the skyscraper. Uh, the first modern buildings uh, built anywhere, really, in the world, were built in Chicago because it had the infrastructure of a settled area. It had everything was pay, everything was good to go. Uh, but it also had the land and the people already there. Yeah, it's to kind of sprout like sprout everything up.
1: What should be happening in Detroit,
3: but instead they're just letting packs of roving dogs be mayor. Yeah, maybe in Baltimore, maybe that's CVS will turn into a murder castle of its own.
4: (laughs) And of course with progress came people every day. Thousands of trains were in and out of Chicago carrying thousands of people and on every single one of these trains rode single young women who had never left home before for this was in America the infancy of female independence.
1: And what they would do with these trains if they had a full, it was because they do, they'd have special like single women trains and they would do is that in the front of the train they put two big inflatable balloons and then a Big fake brassiere over. Mm -hmm. So that's how you knew it was rolling into town. And then there was a
3: Joe Francis type who wielded a huge video camera. And he was just like, go a little
1: crazy. Girls go a little crazy. (laughs) Yes, yes, doing the thing where there goes like, the the, the fuse explodes and they do the thing. It takes 45 minutes for them to take booby selfies. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here, I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest. And I guess I can share it here. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All, of my, all of my, my main dolgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I trying to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's, Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword, except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its guts. All right. So Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
4: Hey! So this, like I said, the, the the infancy of female independence, this was the first time in America that women had ever struck out on their own. Uh, because, you know, you had the advent of uh, the, the railroad network in America, so getting from place to place was actually fairly simple. Mm-hmm. For the very first time, if a woman had the money and the gumption, she could go anywhere she wanted to. And Chicago was the center of the Midwest. So every woman... Every young woman who wanted to strike out on her own, every young woman who ha- wanted to have an adventure before she got married, all went to Chicago.
1: Hmm, yeah. Uh, now they just go get big there. <laughs> That's what yeah. most people do. <laughs> You know Chicago is a lovely town because when I go to Chicago I feel like a supermodel. Yeah. I will say people are beautiful. We have there are beautiful women and really good-looking dudes out there. Chicago's a good strong city, but they're they can get
3: stout. Yep, They just totally missed out. They should have gone to Pewaukee, Wisconsin. That was a hip town back then. And for these girls there were jobs waiting for them.
4: Typewriters, stenographers, steam se- seamstresses, uh, weavers, these women could actually go there, they could live on their own, they could get paid a living wage. Of course, before this, women didn't have jobs outside of just
1: farm woman. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, farm like, woman. And she's not allowed to do any of the work. She just stands next to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure the pigs are pink.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but Despite Chicago being the urban center of the Midwest, bit of a hellhole. Garbage Pile high in alleyways, billions of flies swarmed the streets. The corpses of dogs, mm. cats, and horses rotted in the streets in the same place where they died. The corpses froze in the winter, bloated, and burst in the summer. Ah, the city. <laughs> Love that city. And the smell of Chicago. See, meat was a big business in Chicago at Ooh, the time. Man. The area around the Union stockyards, they said it smelled like decomposing bodies, Burnt hair And cow shit Don't get Ugh. me hungry Yeah That is great Yep Famous muckraker And critic of the American Meat industry Upton Sinclair You, Who you all remember From junior year of high school The jungle The jungle The jungle Because you, you wrote about that.
1: How like meat Oh meat is all gross there It had
4: people in it Yeah Yeah yeah, yeah. Meat and meat People in the meat uh, He said that the odor Of uh, Chicago had An
2: elemental odor Raw and crude It was rich, almost rancid, sensual, and strong.
1: Mm. I don't know why I made him sound like that. I (laughs) think it's because his Uh, name is Upton. Um, Yeah, that (laughs) that sounds like an Upton to me. He was a muckraker.
2: I was a sick boy. (laughs) I lived in a wheelchair to the age of nine, and all I asked my father was to let me roll through the garden. I just wanted to see the tulips spring forth. (laughs) In earlier parts of the year, but my croup kept me from the strong elemental winds and the pollens and the bees and also my weak feet <laughs> and the horrid meat I would see coming from the kitchen to the living room. How I loathed it.
3: God, I kind of want it for, like, an alarm clock or something. I like yeah, that. Yeah, just the horrid meat over it. Could you
2: say the that, like, five me- times The horrid in a- <laughs>
3: meat me. Oh God damn! Oh, what time is it? Oh shit! I'm late like to work. I'm, sh- I'm. God
4: damn it! Where are my pants? So death came uh, easily and often in Chicago, not just to animals but also to humans. Every day, an average of two people were killed by trains. Streetcars fell on pedestrians from drawbridges.
3: I think two people killed. A day. What are they sleeping there? How do you get two people a day killed by trains? I I am one to believe that
1: all trains are phantoms, and I will show you scientifically, <laughs> Reginald. Ha <laughs> ah, ha. Ah, I dare this train to dare cross through me. I want to feel its ectoplasm. Yep. <laughs>
3: well, you gotta learn, so you check it off. I challenge you, train, <laughs> to <laughs> do. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah, as fake as a cloud. As
1: fake as the
2: moon. No, you, you don't expect
3: to do it? Okay. <laughs> We've lost our fifth scientist this week. <laughs> we can officially announce... Trains are not phantoms.
4: (laughs) Not only was the trains, horses got spooked and trampled through crowds, and fires killed dozens of people a day. And women went there to go on vacation.
3: (laughs) Yeah, this is a a hot spot. This is like Miami.
4: Murder, widespread, for the most part unpunished because the police force hadn't even come close to growing along with the population. Chicago... In 1892, it saw almost 1,600
3: murders, and those are just the ones that we know about. So they didn't have the government structure put in place. They didn't have sanitation. They didn't have any—they had no—I mean, what, this is a 20-year change after the fire? I mean,
4: municipal government wasn't really a thing yet. Mm. Yes, they were
1: literally—everything was private industries. You know what I mean? Like, waste companies were private industries. Everything was all—capitalism was at its height. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually like firemen, you
1: had to pay firemen to come. And they do that to the uh, to this day as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. but they they, technically, I, are they not legally compelled to come fight fires? The firemen,
4: yeah. The, if you call no, 911 du- and no. tell them if there's a fire, they have to come. There
3: was a story two years ago, I forget what uh, county it was, the firemen stared at the fire and let it burn because the people who lived in that home did not pay the uh, the uh, fee they have to pay to have fire service. Oh, that's like illegal. In Mo-
1: That's in Mumbai.
3: <laughs> no, that's here in uh, grand old United States of America. I think that's illegal. We'll, we'll, well. talk about it later.
1: Yeah, I want to arrest the firemen now, too, and I'm yeah. going to do. I'm gonna go down to downtown New York in the financial district and I'm going to civilian arrest a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go great. Yes. So these yeah, so
4: murder was just something that happened that nobody really even Gave a fuck about Of course they gave a fuck right. But no, there, there wasn't really many detectives around In Chicago at the time In the, Chicago was also comparatively Compared to say New York And Philadelphia Still a fairly new city it, wasn't, it didn't have uh, the jumpstart that those other cities had. It was still trying to find its identity. So author and publisher Paul Lindo destar- described Chicago as, quote, a gigantic peep show of utter horrors, <laughs> while others simply just called it satanic. They just, again, didn't believe in trains. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. And despite this, Chicago, against all odds, was chosen as the site of the 1893 World's Fair. That's yes. It's
3: like when they gave the Russians the Olympics. Actually, it's exactly like when they gave Brilliant the Russians the idea. Olympics. Brilliant idea. They yeah.
1: just gave it to the dark horse, man. You give it to the <laughs> up-and-comers. Well, it's really, like our Mets. The dark horse was St. Louis. Well, St. Louis is... I don't even know it's a dead horse yeah. or a dark horse. <laughs> St. Louis
3: sucks. It's a scam anyway. We should never want the Olympics. It's a huge waste of money. It's a gigantic yeah.
1: waste of money. And I hate having all these javelin throwers everywhere stealing our women. <laughs> and it's
3: dangerous walking
4: down the streets. You never know when they're practicing. See, America, the reason why we wanted to make such a huge showing is because in the 1889 World's Fair the Eiffel Tower had been unveiled in Paris. That's a big one, though. That was a mm, that big was a one. Big get. That was a huge get. That oh. was what Paris. That was Paris's big fuck you to the world, is that, <laughs> hey, we're Paris, we're here, look at this gigantic cock we, we we're going to put the right in the middle
1: of Paris. the go to all these of the spit, and cement, and the
3: You know your tower's totally useless, right? You just got to go up there and look at your city. I mean, it doesn't really serve a purpose. Ooh.
4: <laughs> so America at the Paris World's Fair had given what you would call a, a dismal showing. We had a couple of exhibits here and there. Best thing we did was Buffalo Bill's Wild West show.
1: And that was just showing how good we are at killing
4: Native Americans. Kind of. Well, we were really good at it. <laughs>
3: this is in Chicago. This wild. No, Bill- this was in Paris. This was Paris. Of
4: okay. course, Wild Bills, uh, Wild Buffalo Bills, Wild West show did also have quite a big showing at the World's Fair in Chicago. Uh, but America, it was our turn to shine because the 400th anniversary of C- Christopher Columbus's discovery of America was coming up, and with four years until the exhibition was to open, the vote for the location of the fair came down to New York, Chicago, and St. Louis. Mm. And when St. Louis gave up and shifted its votes to New York City... One Chicagoan exclaimed,
1: "Gentlemen, I am prepared to state that any person from St. Louis would rob a church." And another man shouted,
3: "Or poison his wife's dog!" <laughs> man, that's a fun conference. That is fun. That's yeah,
1: things. Me. Conferences and and government stuff was way better back in the yeah. day. Eat, you can yell stuff about wives' pies and poisoning dogs.
3: They <laughs> eat soup through their nose.
1: Yeah, it's the yeah. best. The worst way to eat soup because you smell it before you taste it. Yes. <laughs> deviance.
4: But Chicago would win out in the end, and so the Columbian Exposition was slated to be held in Chicago four years later in 1893, and that would mean that literally millions of people would be traveling in and out of the city from March until October of that year. It was the perfect time for H.H. Holmes, almost as if Chicago at this time and place Mm. had been made just for him, it's it just,
3: almost it, like Lucille Ball in that classic scene where she has too much chocolate coming down the conveyor <laughs> belt. He's like, all these people coming! T- oh my goodness,
1: I can't kill them all so quickly. But it's 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 more like a, it was it's a chicken and the egg type thing. It's something like H.H. Holmes was going to happen eventually mm-hmm. because yeah. the, again, if you have one mirror image like like again, we want to go with Manson in the '60s. You have the free love movement. You have like all like you know accepting each other and the, and the hippie groups, mm-hmm. and shit like that. Oh the Different sort of like thinking, like kind of culty family groups there was going to be somebody who going to come and take advantage of that. They're going to plug yes. into that. Perfect Someone's storm. going to. That's just yeah. how humans work. And because we're adaptable, we really figure out how to fuck something up if we really can in, a, in a, the best way possible. Perfect and H.H. H. Holmes was was built for it.
3: And you know, Grim Sleeper, there's a great documentary on the Grim Sleeper, the crack epidemic and the Grim Sleeper correlate perfectly with one another. I mean, it was just a perfect storm for him as well. Somebody yeah. takes advantage of it. It's right.
1: like what, what Eddie was talking when Eddie from Roundtable talked about the story about how they, there was all the gang violence. We talked about it on, on the 9/11 episodes. Yeah. Up yeah. Washington
4: Heights Yeah When uh, 9-11, The day of 9-11 Up in Washington Heights A lot of people Disappeared mm-hmm. uh, All at once Because all
1: the cops Were all downtown And yes So we do, Humans do bad things Like that But we also invented Saltwater taffy So I, <laughs> I that is, remember that yeah, Actually I, I think saltwater taffy Was invented
3: At
4: the uh, World's Fair Of 1894 Bars. Yeah Wow
1: yeah.
2: Wow! Yeah. Or
4: 1893, excuse me.
2: Wow! Yeah. Wow! That's amazing! Whoa. That's a taffy fact, huh?
3: <laughs> this is a good podcast. <laughs> I love the new taffy fact segment, that's for sure.
4: Yeah, so after Holmes arrived in Chicago in 1888, five years before the World's Fair, he traveled out to Englewood, a fast-growing suburb of Chicago, uh, and he quickly found a pharmacy across the street from a vacant lot on the corner of Wallace and 66. 63rd, he talked to the elderly woman inside and found out that her husband was, at the moment, upstairs in their apartment dying of cancer. And she should have been suspicious Mm. when his first
1: reaction immediately was like, Really? (laughs) Hmm. No, 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 he's upstairs, he's dying of cancer right now.
3: (laughs) I'm I'm very sad about it. I don't really love the. uh...
1: I'm laughing with grief. Oh, I see. Okay. Good day, madam.
3: So, so when am I going to get my
4: books? Okay. <laughs> so Holmes immediately sensed that he could take advantage of the situation. He offered his services as a pharmacist to help her in her time of need. Of course, admitting the fact that he had just accidentally, quote-unquote accidentally, killed someone doing the same job in Philadelphia.
1: But then he told her later on, and she literally was like, but at this point he had, already, he had become so good at the job there where he was really good at the customer turnaround where he'd come in and he'd quickly give them their medicine. She was just like, he told him, the, he basically said he's like, you know, I accidentally killed somebody in Philadelphia, and she's just like, everybody's accidentally killed somebody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're pharmacists, right, right, <laughs> really, right, right. in the late 1800s. Yeah, yeah.
4: And to the, to this day, yeah. No, no, no. Pharmacists do accidentally kill people all the time. All the time. Just remember that when you go to uh, your local CVS, is that pharmacists
1: literally kill people all the time? All the time, because anybody can be a pharmacist. <laughs> All right, you go in there. Let's say you could even go through school to be a pharmacist and be a killer like A.J. Holtz. Yeah, remember, anybody can become anything,
4: and any of those people can kill you at any time. President of America as well. (laughs) So... The old man died soon after Holmes started working there, and following his death, Holmes offered to buy the pharmacy from the old widow on a payment plan. And of course, she said yes. Of course, you're the best thing that you're the best thing that possibly could have come along. And of course, Holmes never delivered on the payments. Each month, he'd have some excuse or another to explain away why he couldn't pay her. And eventually, the old lady filed suit against him. And soon after she filed suit,
3: she disappeared completely. Oh.
1: Oh, well, she went to go join the army.
3: Yeah, I think that that's exactly what happened. They were recruiting elderly widows at that time. For one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. The, well, the you know, the frontier wars were still, the Indian wars were still raging on and they needed plenty of old
1: women. Well, they would yeah. use old women as decoys. They would put them out into the, they would put them out into a field and go, help, help any Native Americans can come. I'm I'm desperately and I'm just sick for corn. My corn <laughs> addiction is really just. I am sick. I got the shivers. I've got the sweats. And then they'd be like, "Here, here, you sweet old woman, have corn for for to soothe your ailments." And then la 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 la. And then you know, they kill all the fucking Native Americans. Yeah. Oh, that's how that. And happens. then the men with guns come out. I I'm not you, a scholar. I don't. I'm not a
4: historian. I think it's
1: very possible. Well,
4: what H. H. Holmes told everybody is that she had gone to visit relatives in California because all the old customers were asking after. And as time went on, when they were finally like, wow, she's really been in California for a long time, he said, oh, she loved it so much, she's just decided to stay there.
1: It's like she dug herself a hole, laid down into it, and covered herself in dirt there. Seems like a strange (laughs) analogy for the move to California. It's like her ghost went there. (laughs) (laughs) So less than a year
4: after H.H. arrived in Chicago, Holmes decided it was time to take another wife, a one Miss Murda Z Belknap. Beautiful
1: names back in the 1890s.
4: <laughs> Murder. what do you think the Z stood for?
1: Zilbulon. <laughs> Zilbulon. <laughs> So, Myrda, she
4: was from Minneapolis, uh, and after a short courtship in which HH wrote letters about subjects ranging from romantic gestures made by the rich and famous to the intricacies of pig slaughtering, Murda moved to Chicago
1: and became his wife. I think, and and, and to this day, the, that is what all messages on OKCupid now consist of. Right? <laughs> I agree
2: yeah. with that. Yes.
1: <laughs> Did you know that this
4: man bought a hotel for his wife as an expression of his love and also
1: when they boiled the bristles off of the pigs oftentimes they are still alive and they're well, technically we're 90% matched and <laughs> i'm just so sick of going out on dates and being a single girl in the city has just become really overwhelming i hate meeting people at bars so i guess i'm gonna have to go with this mustachioed millionaire <laughs> that from missouri from missouri county he calls it he calls it this welcome is- to my family <laughs> <laughs> So, this girl,
4: Murta, not once did it ever cross her mind that anything was wrong with her husband. She said,
2: Here was a lover of pets and always had a dog or a cat, and usually a horse. <laughs> I and mean, you would play with them by the hour, teaching them little tricks or romping with them.
4: And about his interactions with babies, she said,
2: Often when we were traveling, there happened to be like a baby in the car, and he would say, Go and see if they won't (laughs) lend you that baby for a little while. And when I brought it to him, he would play with it, forgetting everything else until his mother called for it, or... I could see that she obviously wanted it back.
3: Yeah. Well, this is the era before DVD stores and the blockbuster videos, so you just had to go rent a baby also, for the ed- night just eight hours just of entertainment. Taking
1: the baby and pulling on its arms, yeah, and it's just yeah, like, yeah. it's miraculous how a baby's arms just hold to its body. Yeah. And so, oh, I tug, and I tug, and I tug, and they do not remove themselves. Yeah, sort of a Stretch Armstrong type. <laughs> I must use science to see if I can separate the arms from this baby. <laughs> oh, no, I think, I think the mother wants it back. No, I brought my doctor's hammer. (laughs) (laughs) So Murda
4: could not stand the attention that Holmes received from women, because as we said earlier, he was quite a ladies' man, and of course, women would come to the pharmacy just
1: to hang out with him, just yeah. to flirt with him, and she Man. would work with him there for a little bit, and then couldn't handle it. And then he sent her upstairs mm-hmm. to go live in the house above them, and and do the
3: the desk work. And then they, they, it got more and more tense between. What them. were the other guys in Chicago like? Like how bad must they have been for H H Holmes to be the only hope for these poor single women?
1: But he, it's any guy with a top hat is back in the day. It's like, it wasn't just him. It was like all of these on entre- these women were going to Chicago to meet a man just like him, an yeah. ambitious man on the rise with a fucking suit coat on, suit coat on, and a fucking top hat. And there was a bunch of these guys. I just some of them just you know couldn't like. Most of them couldn't fuck. Most of them, their dicks just didn't work. (laughs) They were horrible drunks. He was just more of a, uh, you know, supervillain. And so they, of
4: course, she was sent upstairs uh, away from Holmes because he didn't necessarily, he wasn't necessarily angry with her. He just started to see her as a nuisance because that's, how psychopaths really see people it's like nothing more than a nuisance something Mm. to just get rid of and she within a year of marriage got pregnant and she just got shuttled off to live with her parents before she gave birth and there she would stay and murder she would be one of only two she would be one of only two of Holmes's romantic conquests in Chicago to survive their relationship and we don't it's possible that he did have some feeling for her at some point or it's possible that he just couldn't be bothered to get rid of her or it's possible that he just didn't have the opportunity to get rid of no, her. No, it
1: seems like he but as you see throughout the rest of his story, he keeps going back and checking in on murder and his kid
3: the whole time. and like the Lucy was her daughter. Is he name. staring at a dead cat to come <laughs> you know, I honestly I mean, wasn't it ever a sexual thing though with these cadavers and these animals? Yes, uh, yes. yes, because we'll get into he
1: it, uh. he jacket well you'll find out yeah we, we, yeah. we got funner yeah, stories yeah, later well, down yeah, the line. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he um Funner stories I'm a, I'm a disgusting person <laughs>
2: um, I would say uh, We H. H. Holmes, have lots
1: of cum In other words Don't worry about don't it
0: Don't
4: worry about it Episode 2 There's plenty of cum I know we had a lot of cum talk On the last couple episodes I all And I know y'all y'all you guys Loved it <laughs> mm-hmm. So we decided But you know we You can't have all cum all the time we can't, it, You can't You gotta keep them wanting more It That's can't right. just
1: be dessert Right, right, um, right. But he He uh, I he did have sexual proclivities, but I do think it's, it's sort of like a Gary Ridgeway, and there are people that have um, connections to people. It's like um, I had a listener send me a Facebook message talking about how his dad knew uh, his dad was uh, at, hit, hit on Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, and then him and Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer would be at the bar all the time, and he saw him out all the time at the gay bars, and we would go up to him and he'd hit on him, being like, "You're a great dancer, should I hang out?" And Jeff Dahmer kept saying no. He kept being like, nah, ma'am, no. And he's like, why? He's like, you're just not my type. Yeah. You know, so they have feelings in a way. They have like a well, thing. of course.
3: He also might not, when Dahmer said not his type, he's like, people will know when you go missing. <laughs> so you're really not my type. <laughs>
4: So Holmes, shed of a wife completely, turned his attention across the street to the aforementioned vacant lot. He bought the land in the summer of 1888 and, thinking ahead, registered the deed under a fake name, H.S. Campbell. The site of his murder castle had finally been chosen. Ooh, what and a it
3: day. It
1: could not have been more perfect. I mean, for a murder castle. You know what I mean? <laughs> for a hotel, it could have been better. For like anything else, for any other business. Yeah, or something. no, no, for a business, for a hotel, for everything. He said he had been watching was, that corner for years. It was perfect right. because, of course, the
4: World's Fair was coming in just a few short years. Mm-hmm. Chicago was growing rapidly. They said there was an apartment rush at this time, that people were just rushing to get apartments wherever they could in Chicago. The train, uh, the L train, was com- was being built. Into Inglewood, and so people working in the city could travel in and out. This spot was perfect for everything that he wanted, And
1: well, one last scam to sell the pharmacy before moving across the street. What he did was is that he sold the pharmacy to a, g- a guy basically he, he put the pharmacy out there saying I'm selling this for, for some X amount of money. A guy from out of town came in to see to like to check it out and H.H. H. Holmes had paid a bunch of people to show up and, and pretend to be customers there. Mm-hmm. Because what he was doing is he would buy he would get stuff on credit inside of the pharmacy and then he'd sell all of it, and then not pay people back, right. and get it. So that's how he was making money. And so what he did was he basically he faked it being a busy pharmacy, sold this guy at this crazy price, and he, but he didn't really read the contract. He left to go get his family and come back to the pharmacy. When he came back, H, H. Holmes had removed all of the fixtures inside of it, anything that was fancy, and then the guy moved in there. Like, it was like, okay, we're going to start this business, and then looked across the street to see the, the the castle spring up, and then literally a sheet come off of a new pharmacy that H.H. H. Holmes had opened across the street from his that had all of the, his fixtures inside of it, and it was, like, twice
3: the size and super fancy. Location, location, location. He got the perfect one, and uh, it seems like he's going to have a very successful business on his hands. Well... It's successful? successful. <laughs> how do you measure success? You know? I mean,
4: technically, it's like you know how they say
1: that Stalin was a great man. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Well, from hardcore history, that's where he talks about Genghis Khan. I hate when he says Genghis Khan. I know that's how you're supposed to say Te- it, but Genghis. I hate it. it's Genghis. It's, uh, it's technically Genghis. It's t- you're supposed oh, no, no, to no. say but Genghis. He, in hardcore history, he hits the Genghis real hard by being like Genghis, Genghis. so you yeah, know that yes. it's supposed to be Genghis. Genghis. And then. Genghis Khan was the greatest man that ever lived. But, but that's what he said. By greatest, he, again, it just means he just had a big impact on history. But most right. greatest men of history were actually fucking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like like
4: H-H-, H.H. Holmes, like I was telling y'all in the hotel in Washington, D.C.,
1: could have been a Hitler. Could have been a Hitler. Mm, but yeah. you know what? you didn't have the stones to put together those camps. I'm not well, saying he was brave. I do well, Technically he put together one camp. Yeah, yeah but it, it was small. It was pretty small. It was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we that.
3: had such a good time in Washington, D.C. You remember? Oh my god. Thank you guys so much. We did DC mm-hmm. Podfest this last Saturday and it was unbelievably fun and the The fans who came out were so incredibly kind. Everybody was, everybody was great. We had
4: such a blast. Um, Yeah, and this will, you know, this proved that yeah, we can do some out of town shows. So here in the future, we're definitely going to be traveling out of New York City. Book us. (laughs) Please, yeah. book us. If you have a venue outside of New York City that you think uh, can draw some people, uh, that you think has a, a big contingency of Last Podcast on the Left fans, mm-hmm. get a hold of us. We'll talk. Absolutely. We, we really only ask for bus fare. Bu- no more bus fare. No more fare. No, we,
3: we are asking for it at, at a minimum. Train fare. At a minimum.
4: <laughs> we, we no more great, buses? No more buses. I cannot. You don't want any more buses? You do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You aren't the. But remember, Ben, you weren't the one that had to deal with the man with the scars all over his face asking you to come in his mouth. That, that was the best part of the trip. Technically, I was the morning. You, that was, it. you in the morning. It. that was very friendly. It made me feel very pretty. He was very friendly. Exactly. Sweet. And when I turned him down, he politely thanked me for my time. Good, good. <laughs> yes. good. But it was, I wish your bus wasn't getting up so early. Thank you.
2: I I wish I, do, what did you know. he say to you? I wish I had more time with you. Yes, I wish
4: I had more time. Ta- because our right.
3: bus was leaving in 30 minutes. Long story short, we were at Port Authority We were where we uh, mm-hmm. departed to Washington, D.C. I was slightly late because mm-hmm. there was a problem on the A train. Not exactly my fault. Uh, <laughs> when Marcus was waiting, a man propositioned him because <laughs> he is so attractive and Homeless people love Marcus's crooked teeth because they think they're normal teeth, and the uh, offered a blowjob. So I actually think it could have been a great, great time for you. You should have killed fifteen <laughs> minutes and gotten blown by the guy. Oh, God, his sloppy
1: blowjob. He's like, oh, remind me my wife. <laughs> oh, it was
3: So gross. Um, yeah, dude. Hail yourselves. And thanks uh, for the, all the beef jerky from Randy again. Oh, we're thank ha- you so we're much, Randy. Through that. I'm going
1: to say it's the best batch he's made.
3: Oh, yes, God, I'll say so 100%
4: good. it's the best batch he's Loving made. Loving it.
3: I treat them like children, I love all of them. I love all the batches (laughs) the the same. Um, Hail Sweet Satan.
4: Yeah, and if you guys want a last podcast on the left t-shirt, you can go to cavecomedyradio.com slash merch, and while you're there, you can listen to all the other shows that me and Ben do together, Roundtable of Gentlemen, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, you can hear some of the shows that I do with Henry's Sister Jackie, Page Seven, Sex and Other Human Activities. Uh, And uh, I bet we got a lot of new listeners on this episode. Every time we do a heavy hitter, we tend to gain a few new uh, listeners that are looking For some more Serial killer knowledge Out there So if you're a new listener Be sure Go join the Facebook group There's a lot of great Discussions there Uh, Go follow us on Twitter At LP on the left Ben is at Ben Kissel Henry is at Henry loves you And In case you didn't see it On the Facebook page To clear it all up Henry Five seven I am five foot seven I am six feet tall Ben is six foot seven.
3: Ben there is was very tall. But there was something with the, uh, and of course follow Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks. That's right. Uh, there was something with the picture that we took outside of Washington D.C. in front of the White House. It was I an don't angle. know why I looked so <laughs> freakishly big. But are we are normal size. So- I'm normal size. Yeah, I am. a I am of average height. And
1: D.C. people are like, "Oh, you're not a midget. I'm, like, I'm a normal person. <laughs> Technically,
3: I'm short for a center in the NBA. Yeah,
1: and everyone." Was telling me I thought you would
4: be tinier, Fuck much, you? much tinier. I'm
3: fucking as big as I gotta be. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love my height.
4: I'm the perfect height for a drummer, a swimmer, and a climber. Yes. All three of those things I am okay at. I haven't seen it's you c- swim once. Except climbing, I am very good at. Why? I- I have to take a shit <laughs>
3: That's great And yeah And if you are a new Listener to the show Go back and archive All the uh, uh, other heavy hitters We've done I think yeah. you'll love them And then if you are like It wasn't violent enough On this one It gets very violent I It promise gets extremely you, you will hear. violent
4: But this is how Our heavy hitters go Man right. we get our You get your really Your background information You really got to Paint a picture Because with all these guys Context is extremely important
1: I'm also going to Just put it out there As a guarantee In the next couple of weeks You're going to get Your violence We are looking for some Pretty fucked up things And I hope that you guys enjoy being upset on your way to work. <laughs> yep, yep. Because I'm gonna enjoy being upset at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I let it slide off my back because I don't feel feelings.
3: Yep, <laughs> yep. Oh, and people were talking about donations and stuff, and we we're doing a Patreon thing soon.
1: It'll be very
4: soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah watch soon. out, watch out for that.
3: My go Celeste. Hail yourselves. Hail me. I'll Hail.
4: For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com.